You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None accepted. Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts. Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure athlete, yeah. I transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk <laughs> man. I back it up. And we are chock full of that, man. Damn right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold sets up. If you're going to blitz... Come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe, and what's real to me is there's already one week spring football in the books. We'll talk about that and any other gridiron-related nuggets from the 40 Acres. With spring practice underway, countdown to the spring game begins. I don't know how many days away we are, but it's April 15th, so make sure you're at DKR for the spring game. Uh, but we'll get into it on this week's edition of the Blitz. First off, wherever you're listening, however you're listening, we just thank you so much for being a part of this week's presentation, a decade plus, and still going strong on the Blitz, and we could not do that without you, the loyal listener. So thank you so much for your support. Get this podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Just search Horns 24-7. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button, get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays, and don't forget to leave us a five-star review and get over to Horns 24-7. If you need March Madness coverage on top of spring practice, we got you covered at Horns247.com. Let me bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire, our lead research analyst on Longhorn Blitz, and a daily fantasy guru. He is Matt Butler. How are you, sir? Doing pretty well, man. How about you? We got everything on the board running Running just fine. Right? Yep, yep. We're back to back to square one now. So good to go. I was uh, told it was stabilized. Like it was a patient being treated for a gunshot wound. So <laughs> that's what I was told. <laughs> uh, a man who laughed with me about that in the hallway. Uh, he is a Renaissance man. Uh, he enjoys comedy, humor, but when it comes to football, it is down, dirty, and very, very serious. He wears many hats for the Austin Radio Network, including co-hosting Ball Don't Lie each and every weekday from three to seven with Mike Harge. 
But for the purposes of this podcast, he is our lockdown corner here on Longhorn Blitz. Lifetime Longhorn, 2002 UT All-American, 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth-round draft toys of the New York Giants back in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. When he was done with football, he got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whenever that team ring comes back in, we will make sure he wears it proudly. Nevertheless, he is a card-carrying member of DBU. And when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they make sure you get one of those black cards. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Appreciate that intro, brother, as I, always. I do my best. Gentlemen, uh stock spring ball. Where do you guys want to start? I, I think I just want to start with uh, some injury news. I know we beat the dead horse that is the Xavier Worthy strong hand situation last week. Mm-hmm. But other injuries, and I think some of them are – a couple that are starting to look promising. Cole Hudson was dressed out for practice on Friday as the first day of full pads. Now, he wasn't participating, but he's the guy that Sark said maybe they get him back at some point after spring break. And if they can get Cole Hudson back on the field participating mm-hmm. before the end of the spring, that'll be good, especially because now you've built some depth with DJ Campbell getting first team reps at right guard. So I dig that. Uh, you've also got you know Jonathan Brooks on the men from the hernia surgery. Keelan Robinson dealing with a muscle strain. That's allowed C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue to get work mm-hmm. with the ones at running back. Uh, same thing in the secondary. Man, Jalen Catalan still rehabbing the shoulder, which is giving Keaton Crawford a path to being with the ones running alongside Jaron Thompson. So, Rod, I was thinking about the injuries and, and thinking about a phrase, a term that I've used a lot in the time we've been doing this podcast. Talented depth. You can have depth, but is it talented depth? Like, can you stand to lose a couple injuries and the backup can go in there with little to no drop-off between your backup and your starter? And I see a chance for Texas to have talented depth at multiple positions. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, where do you think Texas has talented depth? Like, you can say, okay, they have talented depth at, this position. Uh, spe- you want to get real specific? I guess D-tackle is probably where you start. Last year, yeah. D-line was real. Yeah. De- I, mean, I mean, there wasn't any drop-off. It was exactly that definition you were speaking of. Uh, yeah, I mean, just because you, you lost Keldre Colburn and lost more Ojimo, I mean, those guys are both going to end up getting drafted. So you know mm-hmm. you had top-end talent, NFL-caliber talent, and even now you're still going to be four deep potentially hell even five deep I don't know how the youngsters are looking right now but you're definitely going to still be four deep with Byron Murphy and you got Tavondre Sweat and you got Alfred Collins and Vernon Broughton in there too so I think right now that's probably your your top position in terms of talented depth mm-hmm. yeah I, I don't know that I can just outright name another one on the roster though that's that's why spring football is so critical because it's critical for Keaton Crawford to get those reps and for DJ Campbell to get those reps uh, and even, you know, the guys are going to rotate in and out of corner, whoever's going to work at the star position. Like, you know, Gavin Holmes had a productive career at Wake Forest, but I can't say that you have, you know, proven talent. When I talk about talented depth, I'm talking about guys that have proven something on the field to this point that you can bank on. We're not just projecting. Yeah. Otherwise, you can say every position group has talented depth. I think corner might actually be the next closest. And if really? you're if you're counting yeah. opposition like others at other schools like Ad Mitchell and Nayor, but they've never done it at Texas and never fit within this offense. And then Nayor's injury, but at least those are yeah. guys that have been D one proven 
and then you have your already top-end starters. If you add those guys at the last year's receivers core and they're healthy, then you can get around that part. But still, it's never, I would say it doesn't fit the definition right now. Well, yeah, I take that back. So mm-hmm. receiver might be where you're next closest. Yeah. Because once you get Nayer back, you got A.D. Mitchell, uh, who's you know looked apart for the most part from what I saw when I was out there for, for three days for those and then the, If the young windows. players that played last year actually take that step. I mean, I don't. I think if those guys, uh, you know, like Casey Kane or uh, Brennan Thompson, who's with the track team right now, if those guys haven't taken a step, I'm telling you, man, DeJounte Cook looks ready to just, once the fall gets here, just to, he's taking somebody's job. He's just going to be too good to keep him off the field. And does he have multiple, do you think he'll be able to line up at all the different receiver spots and skill sets? Because, I mean, if one guy does that, that in theory gives you talented depth across the board. If you can just replace him for 33% of snaps across the board. He can play the slot. He can play field side because of his vertical speed. Yeah. And I even think in some situations you'd feel comfortable putting him into the boundary because his hands are so good. Rod, I remember, you know, you went out to some of those practices a lot more than I did. Remember what we said, and I texted you this too, just the name. You remember what we used to say about Kendall Sanders? Mm-hmm. Like that he had like just freakish hands, like almost yeah. cartoonish-like hands. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what Jonte Cook has. When I see Jonte Cook catch the football, that's what it reminds me of. He's got that part of Kendall Sanders in his game. Yeah. No, I just, uh, from what I've seen, he's just really polished. I mean, he's one yeah. of those guys that's come in. He's kind of just a savvy veteran um, presence already at receiver, which is rare in terms of coming back to the football. Just simple stuff, you know, being able to play through contact. Um, I, I love his – he doesn't – you know, it's hard to teach receivers this all the time, and maybe he's just he's he trusts his speed. But you can see that he really does kind of gauge his speed based on his route selection. Just what I watched, and in terms of in terms of setting up DBs, and so he can decelerate yes. and accelerate really well. People don't talk about deceleration a lot when they're probably wrestling about acceleration mm-hmm. out of your break, but you got to be able to decelerate just to be able to stop from going from 60 to zero and then get back to zero to 60. He does that really, really well. And I think it's because I, I, I've seen him hit top-end speed a couple of times, but, man, on his routes, he can, he, can, he, can make his, he can make his, you know, medium to, I don't know, 75 to 80% speed look like top-end speed when he's got <laughs> another gear. Yeah. You, I've and, heard you talk about the first – was it Steve Smith when you went against him? Steve when one he of did guys. one of that and you were just yeah. blown away by it. But, like, when you brought up deceleration right there, it reminds me of what they talk about with the most elite NBA players. Like, and especially sometimes it only comes with guys that don't have top-end speed. So if you have top-end speed, it just makes you a multi-threat both ways. But, like, how Luka Doncic supposedly can decelerate better mm. than anybody and he's like still able to be as stable as anybody in the world. So, But then if you actually – have that top end speed like I know that when Chris Paul was young he was the guy that people thought you know he could do it both ways because he could decelerate and he's most famous for luring guys from behind and into him and stuff mm-hmm. but to have that on both sides is a really good skill yeah you know I said mm-hmm. this last week and, and Jonte Cook is part of that discussion but I you know where the Texas roster is right now Rod it really reminds me of where things were heading into your sophomore year where you saw two recruiting classes come in and exponentially drive up the talent level. And I can't tell you that's going to result in, in, in 10 wins this year or not, but if this staff really does have the player development piece figured out, it's 
it's about to get scary with how much talent there is on campus right now. I know we've said that about Texas in years past, but, you know, when you start looking at it, whether it's John Tate Cook, go to linebacker with Anthony Hill and Leungi LaFowl, you know, go to the secondary with you know, Malik Muhammad, uh, you know, go over on offense and then Kelvin Banks and the, the groups, the group of running backs I just talked about. It's the pieces are there across the board. Like we haven't seen the pieces be there in a while to have a team that can head into the SEC in 2024 and can and can go compete with just about anybody in that league just from a talent perspective. Yeah, it'll be different. You know, I used to always say when I played Texas, most of the time the practices were way tougher than the games unless you played Oklahoma or you played in a big-time bowl game. And that, you know, it really led to Texas, the competition level, just going to the nth degree for Texas. That's mm-hmm. why you had NFL players practicing against NFL players every day. And it really did take Texas to a championship level. Now, it took a few years after I left, but, I mean, you could you could see it. Like, it was pretty obvious. Um, they went to the SEC, so it'll be a little bit different. I don't know if it'll be able to, you know, just like the Big 12. I mean, obviously, you'll have your Oklahoma, but I don't know if you'll be able to say, oh, once or twice a year is when you play talent level that is like you see at practice. Yeah. Hell, now you may get that especially since Texas is uh, – they're beefing up their non-con. Now, you may get that now four, four, four five times. Yeah. You're supposed to. Especially yeah. if you make the college football playoff, which you're supposed to. So you're going to be able to seeing that, type, that talent level maybe three, four, five times a year, mm-hmm. depending on what goes on once in a non-con. You'll see it against Oklahoma. You're going to see it against Alabama. All right, then you're going to see it against, I don't know, whenever you play a Georgia or somebody like that. And LSU. The LSU, and then you'll see it in the college football playoff. So that it, that used to be. So now I think it's even more imperative that, yeah, man, you stack as much talent on, at all, every position so that, yeah, these guys every day at practice, they're seeing NFL caliber talent that's making them better so that when they do see LSU and Bama and they got to play Ohio State and, and, and Michigan and whoever else they got to play, uh, that – you know, it's not a shock to them. It's not a shock to the system. Yeah, yeah and that's where, like, not only in college because those elite schools do it, but I remember this year just hearing certain NFL teams like the Eagles, the 49ers, the Chiefs, like talking about how they're practicing, just how competitive it gets when you have not only those top-end players going up against each other, but then just the competitive nature that it breeds and brings the like-minded type players together. But, Jeff, when you brought up, uh, you know, the amount of talent, and, yeah, Texas over the last 20 years has had – Burst where you have an insane amount of talent, but it really hasn't been since, like, I don't know, maybe the late 2000s, and especially like since that 05 to 08, where the talent and the fit were aligned together with the scheme. So, like, you actually had the super talented players, but they also were fitting perfectly into what Texas was doing. Because, yeah. I mean, the zone read at the time was cutting edge. Nobody was doing stuff like that. It fit Texas's personnel. When you have speed backs and players like Jamal Charles and Ramon Taylor going with Vince Young and then evolving it to what Colt was with that personnel. And then, though, after that, you've seen a lot of talent but the fit was just totally unaligned, disaligned with the scheme and nothing, right. the pieces of the puzzle, it doesn't matter Like if they're really good individual pieces. If they don't all fit together, it doesn't matter what they do. And that's where I think this year they, or now this staff is probably seeing the vision for the players and the fit, and it's actually aligning to this point. Uh, you know, we'll, I'll, we'll get back to talent to depth in a second, but I was just thinking about this. You look at the 2024 schedule, 
and you just look at the non-con, and we don't know what the SEC schedule is going to be. But, yeah, but you but know, we're you, we're expecting the three permanent opponents to be A and M, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. And you know, you're going to be playing Bama and LSU. You know, one of those regularly is something like that. Yeah. You know, what I mean, every two, three years, whatever they want to do. Now, I don't know if the SEC would give yeah, Texas right. Bama, come, especially coming off of the home and home. You know, they might push Texas and Bama back a little bit on the rotation. But yeah, yeah you're going to see an LSU regularly. As a matter of fact, yeah. Craig, uh, Craig Way and I were talking about it. Uh, there's been some buzz that maybe, maybe Florida, maybe Florida mm-hmm. is, is part of that first rotation. Okay, but when it you look at but when you look at it, you know. Colorado State, eh, is what it is. But Michigan, let's I don't know if you can <laughs> you probably can't assume Jeff Trailer's still at UTSA by twenty twenty four. But oh, that man. should that should be a he quality G five opponent. Yeah. Does the twenty twenty four football schedule have a chance to be I don't know, the most daunting, if you could say that, but maybe it's got a chance to be maybe uh the most buzzworthy schedule in school history. Sounds Considering like you're playing Michigan in the non-con, okay. you're getting a and Oklahoma, and Arkansas all on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Plus, let's say a Florida and then whatever the SEC throws at you, it, it could be one that you're like, oh, my gosh, this is – if you're a Texas fan, you're thinking, man, i got to be at every game. Yeah, because UTSA and Colorado mm-hmm. State – well, Colorado State fell off, but UTSA has been a really – they get borderline top 25 program. Yeah. I mean, that's – but that's going back to the point we're talking about. you got to get this roster ready to go. Yeah. I mean, you got to be – got to be rolling by then. I mean, not just – not just trending in the right direction anymore, not on the right trajectory. At that point, you to be where Texas was basically in 04. Like right there on the cusp. Yeah, Sark One, knows it too. Year, you can't have away. a bad record. Like yeah, you're a you year can't away be five from and it seven. At then. that point, you're a year away from it, and you need to have all your pieces in place. That's your you know, your Arch Manning <laughs> years. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, that's what you're banking on right now. Yeah, I remember. You know, Rod. I remember your freshman year watching the Cotton Bowl, and you know, the the broadcast crew talking about Fox had the game, and I don't remember who's calling the game, but I remember they're talking about. You know the 2000 college football season. They're like, I mean, Texas. They're like, Texas makes a really convincing case to be preseason number one. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, uh, just for <laughs> me as a growing up on the program, I'm like, that's just so. That's just such an abstract concept to, for me at that time to think about Texas as potentially being like a team that could legitimately start the year competing for a national championship. It was just such a. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get my head around it. Yeah. Yeah, because Mac had, but Mac had stockpiled. Yeah. He had really mm-hmm. stockpiled those classes. And I don't even know in modern era of recruiting anybody had done that type of stockpiling for Texas, like in this re, even in the state nah. of Texas. And at that point, you know, Mac, Mac was on the hot seat too a little bit. Remember, mm-hmm. Mac hadn't won enough considering how you stockpiled all those classes. Mac's it goes back to what Mac uh, Matt brought up though. Max. Mac didn't really have a vision. I know people like now looking back, it's like, oh man, it worked out great. Mac didn't have a vision. Max Max method was just going to stockpile as much talent as he could on the roster. This is before the transfer portal became something that was you know frequently used and more and more common. Um, once you were on a roster, most guys you were locked in. Three that years. was it. Right. So Mac just that's what he did. Man, he stockpiled. I mean, we still, Texas still had quarterback transfer back then because yeah. mm-hmm. Mac was stockpiling that room with so many damn quarterbacks. He believed in the he believed in the celebrity quarterback, if you will. Uh, the be I gotta go get me a top five quarterback in the country, one of the big time guys. And he also believed in as much talent on my roster as possible. And then that will lead you 
to whatever the scheme is. Yes. And that's why yeah, Greg Davis's offense changed every year. Mm-hmm. It wasn't – Greg Davis didn't have a scheme, mm-hmm. all right? Yeah. It changed every year because with Chris Sims, he wanted to run the pro style. Probably should have run spread, but he wanted to run the pro style. With VY, all right, they ran his own read, read option. And with uh, Cole McCoy, you had your kind of West Coast hybrid of a sp- uh, spread scheme. They already threw in with Colt. And so it changed. And then we know, obviously, the miscalculation by them when they brought in Garrett Gilbert thinking, hey, man, you know what? We want to go back to a power running game. And it's like, go back to a power running game. You've never had a power running game. What are you talking about? What's well, Garrett Gilbert ran in high school. Guys, what are you talking about? You've had so, some great backs. But yeah. You, yeah. And then that led to the offensive identity crisis from Texas, which ultimately that even the stockpiling of talent couldn't ever remedy because he was stockpiling the talent but because the the vision was so out of touch with and, yeah. and so incompatible with the actual talent you were bringing in and then like I said, he believed in a celebrity quarterback and then we know how that worked out too so it all fell apart but initially he was just nah man I'll get the talent the talent will lead the way and he was right the talent will lead him the way. It just took him a little bit longer. I think if his vision was aligned with the talent, kind of like Bob Stoops did, and Bob Stoops came in with a vision. He's like, no, no, I want that air raid offense, mm-hmm. and I got the defense, baby. We're going to take over the Big 12. And he did. Mm-hmm. Mac didn't do that. Mac came in and was like, I'll just stockpile talent. And that's why I think it took his vision a little bit longer to really take hold. Yeah. Uh, is Sark? Is Sark? I mean, Sark's got a vision. Yeah. yeah. Sark's got a vision. Yeah, I don't, he's he's got he got speed on the outside. Sark's got a vision. I don't, like, if you think about, like, Mac at the end, it was. I've said this before about that time at Texas football. He and it's crazy to think we're uh, this fall will be a decade removed from the end of the Mac Brown era, which is man that 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 time period has aged me like in, in dog years. Makes <laughs> like, oh, you appreciate the but, Mac uh, era uh, for all of us. It's it's that way. And I'm talking to the listeners too. Everybody's mm-hmm. aged in dog years, but like Mac was so focused on winning and saving his job that I mean, a lot of stuff slipped through the cracks. Oh yeah. Which Charlie had to clean up, and that's why I don't. Whatever vision Charlie had, I think by the time he got here and realized what he was up against, you're, it just felt like he was tread, just trying to keep his head above water the entire time. Yeah, he yeah. came to a conference that if he would have came to this conference 15 years prior, like before Bob Stoops, and then all the change came with the spreads that proliferated it. The time that he entered it. It was a totally inverse type of football than what Charlie Strong had played his whole life. Charlie also didn't have that was not unanimity behind the Burn no. Orange Curtain too True. in support of Charlie. So even though Sarkis also had to pay the price for the sins of the coach before him, um, the pro- the program was not in such disarray at the time because people don't like Tom Herman as a you know as a person really uh because he didn't really make any alliances on the 40 acres but the the program was you know in a reasonably good place it wasn't where it needed to be right. but it was still in a reasonably decent place and then Sark decided no no he wanted to he basically wanted to scrap the whole damn culture and kind of start over from scratch that's why you had the 5 and 7 and then he obviously bounced back really well with the 8 win season and as long as you keep that going with ten yeah. wins, I think he'll be okay. But you, you always listen. You nobody ever when a coach wins like Bob Stoops when he wins a national title his second year, nobody ever wants to go give Coach Blake credit for the, the <laughs> talent that he had, yeah, right? Yeah. And just like when a coach comes McAbee. in. Yeah, like when you come in and you have success, nobody's giving that former coach credit, and maybe they should, but nobody's really doing that. And when you come in and you have, you know, obviously your struggles, like Sark did, 
it's not it's unfair to just blame that all on the old coach yeah. too. It's mm-hmm. like it's a little bit of both. We just obviously don't look at it from that perspective. That that's why that's one thing I appreciate about Sark for sure. Uh and I appreciate it about Charlie too. Charlie never threw Mac under the bus. He did not. He never no, threw he Mac under the bus. And, and, not to, and, like the and guy he that had, followed him. <laughs> he had every he had every right to. But he didn't. Uh and and Sark could have thrown Tom Herman under the bus, but he didn't. Now, Tom throwing Charlie under the bus, we don't have enough time in this the rest of the show to get into that. But uh, and that was just that was just what we heard publicly. So yes, that was his words, not ours. But yeah, I, Sark's got a vision and, and you, you can that's my point about being at practice though. Like you can see the talent level at this place is changing. And it's changing in a hurry. And it's a certain type of talent though. Yeah. He wants big humans on the inside and he wants speedy, fast, twitchy guys on the outside. And that's Versatile pretty much how he's building yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're starting to see like the guys that were you know, the guys in that twenty twenty one class, whatever's left from, from twenty, which there aren't I don't think there are any offensive skill guys left from that twenty twenty class at this point. Like the guys that Tom Herman evaluated and recruited that Sark inherited, you see a drastic difference between the way those guys look on the hoof. The body types. And the way Sark's guys look on the hoof. Yeah. yeah. And that, that, that'll that be the case for any program. Every right. coach has their, you know, Tom Herman loved big body wide receivers, right? He wants receivers that can win 50-50 balls downfield. So all his guys were tall, big, rangy guys. And Sark's, Sark's like speedy guys, right? Those are his types of receivers. So all of his receivers are guys who are twitchy and fast because that's what he prioritizes. So you get what you emphasize. Period. Yeah. You do yeah. what you emphasize. Look that's at the receivers. Like first when Worthy showed up, it's such a speed demon, and still though has that ability to make people miss. But what way you've explained Jonte Cook is like almost like he's the prototype type player. Yeah, I, I think he is because yeah. he has first more song, of the size. Yeah. And then I mean Devonte Smith. It's sort of like I, Worthy saw what he was able to do with Devonta Smith, and Devonta Smith was so slight. And for that kid to win a Heisman at, in Alabama in that conference sort of just gives you faith that you can turn a player that doesn't have to be that prototype size that you've always thought of as a wide receiver. If they can't catch you and can't touch you, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and they've actually started a trend in the NFL. You're seeing smaller guys mm-hmm. now playing receiver in the NFL, mm-hmm. like slight. Yes. Like that. Then since and they Devontae aren't just Smith. the Deshaun Jackson or Ted Ginns that are just no, running no, no. deep. Yeah. They're going doing everything. Well, Rod, you being a former DB, is that uh... – when when you watch the league on Sundays, is that is that just because the rules are so much in favor of the wide receivers now that you don't have to worry about getting hit once you get down a certain certain yeah. point? Yeah, I mean they can barely they can't touch you, can't yeah. take you. I head mean off. we see it yeah. now. Hell, you're starting to see now guys get called for like like pi sometimes even within the five yards. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> like you know, what I mean they were like, oh no, the, the ball was thrown or this. I'm like, wow. I, I used to think within five yards you could just manhandle guys. Yeah. You can't even do that anymore. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. I I think you're totally right. I think the rules have just decided they they have just made it very advantageous for guys who are just they can emphasize speed. I don't really need the play strength as much as I used to. And then the way the quarterbacks get rid of the ball so quick in those first five yards that it then with the balls in the air it blurs those lines of interference a ton more totally too. Agree. It's weird. It's weird how rules changes can make a position group or a type of player obsolete. Like, uh, I think I told this on air, but uh, I was with the Cowboys did an in-house documentary on the evil Roy Williams. And, uh, <laughs> That's funny. That's, and, what I, uh, evil. That's the way I okay. viewed him Every my whole life. Like, okay, got yeah. it. Then he the became a cowboy. Roy. We got it. We got and it was married Kelly, Kelly Rowland. It yeah, wasn't. Not yeah. the old that coach. son of a. <laughs> it was. Uh, well, I, I didn't even. 
put that connection uh, together. Super, she thank you, thank she you figured it out. She divorced him. So yeah. they, she figured out he was evil. Super too. evil, Roy Williams. <laughs> um, she figured it out. Thank you for that. <laughs> but I was watching a, and it. It wasn't that he just suddenly became a bad player, but after he, you know, had the deal like where he broke mm-hmm. T.O.'s leg doing the horse collar. That's mm-hmm. the NFL. That's why the, you you Great still point. hear the horse collar rule referred to as the Roy Williams rule. Great point. And you basically made rule changes to where it's not that Roy's a bad player. It's just these rules have made him obsolete. It's taken away things that were in his tool belt that he can't use anymore. Yeah. And suddenly teams realize, you know what, the big thumping safety, like we don't need you that need guy. I don't need the guy that patrols the middle and intimidates. Yeah. You mm-hmm. should have a guy just for intimidation. Like, yeah. you know, I'm going to sit in the middle. You're going to catch the ball, off. but you're going to pay such a price that every other guy that crosses the middle of the field will be looking around thinking, I don't know if I want to run this route. I don't know if it's worth it for my career. Now, you don't have to worry about that. That guy is absolute. As you just like said. Steve Atwater would be playing linebacker right now if he played football today. Chuck Cecil. Yeah. Those guys. Guess. And then mm-hmm. even with the running quarterback back in the – I mean, I think of James Harrison's hit on Colt McCoy, but, like, there was an until quarterbacks were fully protected, you didn't want to run your quarterback because they would get obliterated. So, Great like, point. there's a video of Tom Brady getting – I saw that. Hard. And it was, it's like, his and second no or third year as a starter. Yep. And there's yeah. no penalty. He stands up and he, Brady's, like, pure me dead and totally fine. Very, yeah. very yeah, rare. Right. Very rare are the guys like uh, – Ed Reed is one of those guys. I'd say Ronnie Lott is one of those guys that very rare the guys that play the safety position. They're like, oh, yeah, you, you can put those guys pretty much in any era of football, and it would work. Uh, Yeah, Rod Wilson's probably one of those guys. You got to yeah. those guys. Yeah, not, Charles it, Wilson's one of those guys. Charles Wilson played old school in these It's really weird, like, coming up as, a, as, an elite, as an elite corner, Charles Wilson probably played his best ball in the NFL as a safety. Yeah, was I mean, that's, pro corner who, that's what Miami's going to do with Jalen Ramsey. They, figure, they figure, like, all right, you know what? If he's just getting torched at the corner and he can't play anymore because mm-hmm. he's getting old, we'll put him at safety. And what the Rams did, kind of a hybrid of that. They put him mm-hmm. in that star yeah. position and move yep. him inside. Yeah. You get a really good corner, man, you can always just move that guy to safety. I think that's the easiest transition probably of any position switch in football. Especially well, now. Yeah, for the, exactly, exactly. There's so more, gotta, we talked about it. There's a lot, so much more crossover at that yeah, position. Yeah, you don't need the guy to hit anymore. It's like, man, I think he's a tackle. Can you tackle? I don't need you to hit anybody. Just tackle. And it's a safety yeah. net. I mean, you you used to worry about it. can the safety cover. If you're naturally transitioning corners to safety, it almost makes the D, D coordinator not have to worry about something. It's like, no, this guy has cover skills. He'll be fine. Yep. I was just thinking about Evil Roy Williams. The two of the two of the tools in your tool belt are the horse collar tackle and your ability to launch yourself at a receiver. Oh. Those are probably tools you need to, to get rid of. Yeah, and he go, was right. Go to Lowe's right. and exchange them. If he had been born, I don't know, five years earlier, he you're right. He had a much he'd more, been a Hall of Fame player. <laughs> he'd mm-hmm. been a Hall of Fame successful career, but he was round. He's like Vy. Mm-hmm. Vy was like Vy was born a little too early. If he had been born five years later, yep. he'd been golden. Yeah. Because it was right after that, everybody already started. Cam Newton's of the world, RG threes of the world. They had already made the way for you, so you're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like somebody, a, a team will, uh, they will innovate around you. They will build a team around mm-hmm. you. You weren't seeing them build teams around dual threat quarterbacks back in the day. Even I mean, they, you know, they, they, they may have, uh, they may have tailored the offense. They didn't build around. I like, seen guys build around just do, that dual threat. Look at Jalen Hurts. They're like, nah, we're gonna give Jalen Hurts everything he needs. Matter of fact, we're gonna examine the rule book and we're gonna do a, a play called the Tush Push, which was outlawed prior to I don't know, like ten years ago in the NFL. Nobody paid attention to us. So now. We're going to use it with Jalen Hurts. Like, can you imagine, <laughs> like, and, and look, Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson were the two guys I was thinking about. Can you look at, like, what the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson, how the Eagles are built around Jalen Hurts, and, like, 
show like mid 1980s, like Mike Ditka and Bill Parcells, like, oh yeah, this, this is where offenses are. Their heads would explode. Explode. Yeah. <laughs> somebody think about somebody doing that with Randall Cunningham. And I love Bill Parcells, yeah. but. You would have had a hell yeah. of an offense, but nobody was doing that. Yeah. I was just yeah, improvising was outside of the structure of the offenses. But you're right. And yeah, because Bill Parcells was all about brute force. Yeah. You ain't going to improvise his damn offense. <laughs> you know, improvisation is offense. You're going to run this damn offense. Yes, and even though the offenses weren't tailored around him and he had a guy like Jeff Fisher as his coach where you had like four NFL quarter or Super Bowl quarterbacks go 17 and 30 under Fisher. B.Y. went 30 and 17 under Fisher, and he was 31 and 19 overall. So his 620 winning percentage is like one of the top 20 in all of football if you look at 50 plus starts. I love Bill Parcells. I love Bill Parcells, but there was a time in his career where like a screen pass to Dave Meggett, that was about as exotic as he got. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, <laughs> look at that little Meggett run. Yeah, people. For- <laughs> that sounds like actually, yeah, I got Chris you. Chris <laughs> Um But no, people people don't even remember that the reason that the West Coast offense is the, called the West Coast offense is because Bill Parcells was mocking the West Coast offense yeah. that he had beaten uh, Bill Walsh. And he was like, How, what do you think of your West Coast offense now? And everybody kind of ran with it, but he was mocking it because all the passing they did, yeah. it was built on precision. He's like, yeah, with precision. I'm going to punch you in the face. That's what football is about. <laughs> and, yeah, so it is. You're right about that. That's a really good point. Roll over in his grave. Yeah, uh, uh, roll oh, roll over grave. Oh. He's still alive. I, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. let me kill it, Bill. Hey, Matt, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess y'all didn't see Charles Barkley the other night. talking about Isaiah <laughs> Thomas rolling over in his grave watching these Pistons play. Oh, say, if, man. Uh, if something happens to Bill Parcells oh, in, the, in the next week, Matt, you're you can trouble, blame Matt Butler. It will be on you. Is that like when <laughs> Deion Sanders was interviewing Gil Brandt one time and he called him the late, great Gil Brandt? <laughs> no, he face. didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to his face. <laughs> to his face? Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. The late, great. Like, what? what? Yeah, am I a what ghost? What do you know that I don't know? You got, you've been praying to the Lord? That is Gil Brandt died 10 years I ago. Just nobody people. told him. Oh, my uh, God. That is hilarious. Anyway, back to Texas. Uh <laughs> Rod, where does Texas need talented depth? Like I said, because receiver, I think they're close. I think they're close at corner. Like Gavin with Gavin Holmes, and I just love Terrence Brooks as a player. Terrence and Brooks you got Ryan Watts. Uh, Xavion Bryce is a guy that looks like he he could be able yeah, to give him some. I'm luck. not sure they're there at corner though. I feel I I, I feel like they're close because they may be close, but I'm not sure that they're oh, only sure. only because essentially I include all three, the nickel two. Okay. I include base. You need three. You, be, you need three starting corners in this day and age. Yeah. Period. At, at every yeah. elite level of football. And then if you want talented depth, then you're telling me you need three guys that if though if you lose two two of those guys, look okay. the Cowboys yeah. you lost what three starters mm-hmm. in the secondary. You lose two or three of those guys that you still got enough depth. They won't be a precipitous drop off. I don't know if they're there yet. I I love me some Terrence Brooks. I'm with you. I think he's going to be the starting field corner. I love what Ryan Watts has done. Um, Jade Barron is just so. Damn instinct. She's a perfect, like, instinctual nickel that you want. Mm-hmm. He really does. His reaction time is is just so quick. And because I think his I think he does a lot of film study, but also he trusts his eyes. You need a guy that's gonna trust their instincts at, at nickel. I didn't trust mine enough at nickel. You need a guy, you need Quandre Diggs of the world, you need nasty Nate. Nickel's a little bit different too when you played it right. Uh, yes, yeah, awesome. <laughs> none of these guys are taking on fullbacks and that is fair. that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think like I said, they're they're close, but I don't know if I trust those guys behind okay. them. I love that front group though. I think you know I think the off, the group. offensive line with with the the Cole now, Hudson that, DJ Campbell development that's they might be getting close, they're, real close. They're yeah, like Nato Amea Zulu's a guy that that really mm-hmm. intrigues me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, they, Connor Robertson is center. I mean, I, you're I talking think, about backups with higher upside than returning starters. Yeah, then you're talking about talent. Like, yes. that's that's, that's exactly that's, what you were talking that's, that's about. What we had when I was playing DB it was like Rod B is starting, but is it Michael Huff behind him? Yeah. You're like, hey, that's 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 hey, talent. Like if depth. you had if you had <laughs> Connor Robertson and Cole Hudson healthy, like if they went through winter conditioning and were healthy to go at the start of spring ball. DJ Campbell might have been good enough to take over right guard anyway, and yep. I think you'd have had one or one of those guys, if not both of them, pushing Jake Majors at center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Remember they asked Sark, I forgot who asked him. You know what? You know what's your what position group is? You know your strongest position group, and he, you know, he kind of backtracked and waffled for a little while, and then ultimately settled on lines of scrimmage, said, I believe he said, it was. I feel good about where we are up front. He feels good about where they are up front. And and I think he's, he's, talking, about, he's talking about both, mm-hmm. the offensive line and talking about the defensive defensive line. I think I think you're right. The, the offensive line, for me, if you're really talking about talented depth and a group that may assert themselves as being potentially the deepest on the team this yeah. year, Oh, talented depth. It may be the O line because you, you got you, all returning starters yeah, you coming just, back. You, you talked me off a corner, and, yeah, okay. right? And then you got guys behind them who we're projecting two or three of those guys may have higher ceilings than your starters. See, yeah. I think I think that's where you are at off ball linebacker right now because you'll have Jalen Ford and it's David Bender right now. Mo Blackwell's in that mix, but man, it's it's kind of like when we started seeing guys like Derek Johnson and even you know Rod, you were there for some of these guys like a young Aaron Harris or. Garnett Smith. There was a time at Texas where you're like, okay, linebacker position starting to look a little different mm-hmm. around here. I remember that. Like God, we we all love Dusty Renfro, but these cats coming to now, a <laughs> little bit, a little bit different. Oh, Dusty Renfro just got a random, just yeah. random jab. Like, I love Dusty Renfro. Dusty Renfro, Renfro, Dusty Renfro does exactly like what it sounds like. Dusty, Dusty Renfro, Dusty Renfro, the Derek, dirty work. Yes. Dusty Renfro, Derek Johnson. Which one on the athletic oh, no, scale? Yes. Oh, Mac Brown knew that too. Yeah, like, exactly. Nah, yeah, we we love Dusty Renfro. That's where like. When yeah. you brought up the corners, I was thinking about because, like last year, when you say didn't have to ha- when you had a guy like Jamison, but and you could have backups like Terrence Brooks or Jade Barron being young, like that was sort of the beginning of talented de- depth. But now that they're sort of having to go point. up a notch and now be guys you rely upon, if you have some young guys from this next class that have a big rise, or like you said with transfers and Gavin Holmes, you know, come over and do what he does. That could be a really impressive group. It's okay. just they're all inexperienced yeah. at Texas, and now you're needing the young like the way Rod said at the time when he was at Texas. He had, he he knew because he was there every day and saw how good the young guys were behind him, but not necessarily fans or people on the outside could see it because they hadn't got to play yet. But I think off-ball linebacker is one of those positions where I think they're closer than you might think to having talent to death because to my point, man, you watch Anthony Hill and Leonga LaFowle run around. They they hit two home runs. I know Anthony Hill's a five star guy, and and he looks the part. But Leon Lafau is a guy that this staff had really high on their board early on. From what I've heard, they're every bit as high on Leon Lafau being a standout player as they are Anthony Hill. And you look at those two guys. It's been a, it's been a minute since Texas had some linebackers like that. Yeah, I mean that's goes back to you know your central nervous system. You can get two. Quality linebacker. I mean, this group this year, right? Mm-hmm. You, had, you had really good, high-quality play mm-hmm. from your two inside linebackers. That's a key part of the core of your defense. And, you know, we've talked about it. When Texas can have veteran leadership at that central nervous system right there, and they had that this year where you're talking about the D tackles, inside linebackers, and they can look at your safeties, right? Anthony Cook moving there. You were really strong there, mm-hmm. and you could you could have a chance to, you know, replicate that again. Yeah, yeah. with Jalen Ford coming back and yeah. then – 
Jalen Catalan's the X factor on this defense, man. Ooh, he's he healthy. Most certainly is. He's good to go. It's it's a different ball game for Texas. Yep. At safety. Uh, but that's just just kind of my thirty thousand foot view of being on the practice field and watching guys run around. I I think they're they're a lot closer than I think maybe I initially thought to having talented depth. Hey, points. quarterback could be there too if Quinn takes the kind of leap that we all expecting this year. If he takes mm-hmm. that kind of leap, we start hearing in the spring like, oh man, this guy's starting to get the footwork's coming. The footwork. Is not coming back. It's there now. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if he ever, I don't know if he ever had great footwork. Actually, yeah, I think he, he doesn't been need to because he has a rock without it. And I think yeah. he finally got exposed. Like, oh, I can't do that. Like, no, you can't do that. You do have the golden arm, but I'm gonna need you to get them feet right. Yeah. So I think gets his footwork right. I think you know start working on the the basics because he's got to get back to the basics. He makes the spectacular look so routine mm-hmm. that I think he gets bored with the basics. And it's like, nah, man, I yeah. need you to focus on the basics yes. and the spectacular. We know with you, it's gonna happen. But you got to get back to the the boring. I know they're boring. They are. Yeah, the footwork. Oh man, you mean one, two, three? Oh th- yeah, yeah. I, it's really boring to get your hips in the right make, right place but to make foundation. sure. Yes, to make sure that your you know your throwing motion is concise and precise and all this kind of stuff. I get it. It is. But because he he wants we all want to see him drop bombs like first quarter <laughs> Alabama. But that's not going to be, in my opinion, that's not going to be his most. That's not going to be his most important part of his development. We're going to see that those wild plays mm-hmm. right now for him. It's clear he's got to get back to the foundation and the fundamentals, and that's what spring's about, yeah. right? We were talking about you ain't got no time to to correct your technique during the season. You're, it, it, you really don't unless you're doing it on your own, watching your own film. Yeah. It's really tough because everything's about game plan, week to week, game yep. plan, game plan, game plan. From January it's, to August, that's your yeah, time to do everything's that. opponent yeah. specific during the season. Right now, this is it. This is when you figure out your techniques, when you work on your pad level. This is when you work on your footwork. Mm-hmm. This is when you work on, oh, man, I got to play strength. I got to work on my, 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 my hand placement. I got to work on getting more powerful. I got to get in the way. All those things happen right now. This is Quinn's time. This is it. And if he takes that leap, and then you got Arch Manning behind him, who we know his fundamentals are going to be amazing, yeah. just extraordinary, just because yeah. he's been coached in them his entire yes. life, right? They're probably as close to being muscle memory for him as anybody else out there. Then you're talking about true talent to depth, especially if we can get Malik healthy at yeah, quarterback. That's the big thing because if if you get back from spring break and Malik Murphy's still having foot issues and yeah, can't be on the practice field, if I'm Sark and A.J. Milwee, at that point I've got to say we've got to expedite Arch's development and, and get him ready to be already there. too. You're already oh, yeah. there. I think you're but, already there. But you can't – at that point, you can't count on Malik Murphy at that point. I, I, listen, I, I love Malik, and I you can tell Sark loves him too. Every yeah. time Sark talks about him, Sark starts glowing. But in terms of football games and winning football games and roster construction, you Malik is now he's a luxury if he 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 gets better and he ends up being able to offer you anything this season. You need to focus on the quarterbacks you have healthy in the spring and assume this is your two deep because we've talked about basically only five seasons since yeah. 1999. Texas has had one quarterback start all the games. You're going to need them. You're going to yeah. need that guy. And as a matter of fact, I hate to say it, you might need three. Like, yeah. that's how look – at, look at the NFL. Like, look, you know, in the playoffs, we had Scholar Thompson starting a damn game. Look at the 49ers with Purdy mm-hmm. starting a damn game. They went the, through the four The Ravens them. had Johnson three quarterbacks starting. I mean, everybody – you had more quarterbacks start this year in the NFL than any other time in the history of the NFL. Look at the Big 12. Only one quarterback in the Big 12 started every damn game. Yep. You are going to need your backup. Arch is the guy. Get him ready. Sorry, Malik, I love you. Yeah. But when you get healthy, then we will add you to the equation. Right yeah. now, you don't really – 
you're not relevant to what's going on right now to this quarterback room. Yeah, because yeah, you get healthy. That's, just, that's that's the nature of the beast. That's for everybody who ain't healthy. Like at this point, he's already missed a week of spring ball. Yeah, that's for everybody who's not healthy. Yeah, that's why it sucks. That's why you go to depression? You're like, yeah. man, I want to be a part of this team, and I'm not a part of the team, and you got to figure that. So I'm hoping that the young man is taking care of himself and getting healthy. But in terms of roster construction. Arch is your backup quarterback. Yeah, because right you're you just have that one mindset. freak accident. Like, not to mention like in football gameplay, but like, I mean, everybody saw Durant had been rehabbing for a month. He oh. goes up for a layup and <laughs> right. he rolls his ankle. Oh like, man, just, injury. Just, I mean, in, <laughs> Texas fans have Seriously. seen Durant roll his ankle since he was at Texas. When you're long and lanky, those things happen. So, Damn. like, just going. Didn't through Quinn the- hurt his hand doing something crazy this year, like in a door or something? Yep. Oh yeah, you know, that injuries happen all thinking. kind of ways. Man. Yeah, exactly. It's, 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 you can't. You cannot. Back in the day, was it Sammy Sosa sneezing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you went to the rim or something. <laughs> I remember that. Remember Brand, Brandon so Jones hurt himself before the West Virginia <gasps> game in the walkthrough. Remember that? Remember? Yes. yes. I remember that. We still don't really exactly know what happened. But so there's all sorts of yeah, functional things yeah. or in-game things or just Sorry. freak things. So when you have a room where you only have three and one's already ha- dealing with injuries, and then, yeah, I mean, you already had one get injured last year. The other one's a true freshman. So you got to have them all ready. Got By the ready. way, as we close it down, this is the first time I've seen Arch in person. It was last week on the practice field. Taller than I thought. I've heard this. Better frame than I thought. Mm. Like I think Arch is going to look a lot like his uncles. I think he's going to be six four plus, two twenty five ish. I like that because like those shoulder width with him, shoulders a little broader than I expected. I'm like, okay, Arch can fill out and be a, a two twenty two hundred twenty five pound quarterback. Yeah, someone said actually, kind of looks you know be- bigger than Quint when they look at him. Yeah, side side. you can. If it, not not just like height and everything. It's just like, like he's just a like bigger frame. Uh, but yeah, bigger body. Yeah, 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 big yeah, bone yeah. Body. And I mean, you look at his own. That's how like people like quarterbacks like Eli Manning. You don't realize how big those. You don't dudes realize are. how big they are. Yeah, you really don't. I didn't realize. He, I didn't realize Eli was six five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't because well, yeah, you don't on the football field. You don't realize that those guys, Eli yeah, is yeah. six five two two, two twenty. Now you like, see why the Bryce, you Bryce Young conversation is such a huge deal. Big job. That guy's 6'5". Anything else you guys want to touch on before we shut this down and, and pick it back up next week as far as spring ball goes? I don't know. I mean, we're not going to – we won't have anything new to talk about, so anything you guys have we can probably carry over to next week. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing really – I mean, pro day, I guess you could get in that a little bit. Oh, yeah. uh, why don't we save that for day. next week? We'll, okay. do, we'll do pro day kind of draft process overview. Okay. next week's show. Nice. It's a good cool. tease. I like that. Yeah. yeah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's show. Uh, Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod B., appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. Anytime. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn, 104.9101.9am1260, streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Dot com where you can get Rod B each and every weekday on Bald on Life from 3 to 7. Shameless plug. You can also get myself and Craig Way on Light the Tower from 10 to noon. And thanks to Matt, get all of our archives, our classic interviews and shows 
or on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep, just type in Longhorn Blitz. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase just the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Search Horns 24-7 anywhere you get your podcasts. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button to get every episode of The Blitz when it drops on Tuesdays. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening. And we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.